Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So, we're in a new series called Co-Mission. Get it? Kind of a little play on, okay. Co-Mission. So I had just I had a little cute message I put together talking about the mission of the church, right? It was a little cute. Say, we're gonna go out in the streets. We're gonna see lives change. We're gonna go and minister. We're gonna. We need to go out and uh, knock on doors and you know be a mission-oriented church, right? We're gonna win the loss. That's important. But that's not what the Lord wanted me to preach. I had this message put together. Four o'clock yesterday evening, the Lord said, don't preach that. Don't preach that. So I'm like, Lord, I don't have that much time. I thought the message was good, but also I did feel in my spirit like this is not something that the Lord wanted me to preach. Although it's very important, as a church, we need to go out and win the loss. We need to bring the loss here because we live in a world that we live in a dark world. Right? And darkness is the absence of a thing. So the church is supposed to be the light. Right? So the church is supposed to be the answer because the church is the light and the, and, and the light represents God's presence. So we should invite people in into the church. Go and win the law. Say, say if you, you are struggling, come, come, come on in. There's freedom here. If, if, if you're, you're going through certain things, come on in, in here. There's freedom in here. But the Lord wanted me to preach about the power of agreement. See, the church Mission should be the power of agreement. If we can agree that God is God, God is who he say he is, powerful things can happen. If we all can agree that we will walk in God's ways, something powerful will happen. So he says the power of agreement, the power of agreement. So if you can just turn to John 17. In this text, Jesus explains how, how important unity is. See, the church should exemplify unity. So I want to talk to you today about the power of agreement. Are you ready? So John 17, let's start at verse 20. So verse 20, let's go, let's read it. So I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, 
so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. And, and I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you love me. So here's Jesus praying for the disciples that they become one and uh, praying for them to have, to have the same oneness as Jesus has with God, right? So he, he and the, the Father had the same purpose, the same plan, and the power. See, Jesus and God was in their agreement. See, Christ often reminds us that he came not to do his own will, but do the will of the Father. So likewise, with us, Jesus is praying as, as we become one with him, and become one with one another. So that way we become one with Christ and we become one with one another. He was talking about agreement. He was talking about unity. That was very important. It was his, a, a prayer that he prays over us. When we talk about the mission of the church, it's for us to become one in him and us to become one with each other. Right? So why, was, why is that so important to, 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 to Jesus? Why was that so important to Jesus? Because if Christ, if we become one with Christ and one with, with each other, the world would know that God has sent Jesus. He would know that through us. The inner workings in us. Like people will be able to see Jesus in us. Can you imagine the one that died on the cross for our sins, that shed the blood for, for our lives, that's sitting on the, um, the right hand of, of, of God? It's in us. So we need to become one with God, but also to become one with each other. The power of agreement. The power of agreement. See, see, you, being unified is, is important. Unity is important to, to Jesus. But we don't develop unity by trying to develop unity. We, we develop, unity is developed by a common goal. It's by a common goal. That we agree that, that we will walk in the ways of the Lord. Like we agree that God is, is, is the most important thing in our lives, right? So when we agree on those things, unity becomes natural. Unity will happen naturally, I should say. So unity is important to God. Unity was important to Jesus. He was actually praying about it. So the power of agreement in Matthew 20 in verse 19, it says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And then he goes on to say, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. The power of agreement. I think we underestimate 
the power of agreement. See, you might be doing okay all by yourself. But if we all agree together that there will be a greater blessing falling on this congregation, amen, some, something powerful will happen. If we all can agree that God is going to do amazing things in this church, do you know what will happen? You hear testimonies from people, the things that God is doing in their lives because we're all in agreement, like it's, we're better together, like God is doing some amazing things. That's who he is. If we, we can agree that we know who God is and what he's capable of, of doing, we will walk with people during times of trial and say that, you know what, you're going to a better place. It may not feel that way, but you're going to a better place because that's who God is. You're getting better. Amazing things will happen. You will have a testimony. People are going to be healed by your testimony. People will be encouraged by your testimony. If we all can agree on that, Greater things will happen in this church. It will happen in this church. Never leave anyone alone. We're better together. Never leave anyone alone to be devoured by the enemy. So, you know what? I know that you're going through something right now, but I'm going to walk with you through this process because we're better together. Amen? Because when you're, when, you're when you're down, when you don't have that hope, I'll just carry it for you for a season. i bring someone else with me because we are in an agreement and we know that you will get through what you're going through right now. See, God is greater than anything that you're going through. He's greater than cancer. He's greater than diabetes. He's greater than depression. Amen? He has the answer for anything that you go through. Are you with me? I hope someone's with me. It's important that you are with me because God is doing amazing things in Calvary. Amen. Things, amazing things in Calvary. Don't go by what you see being at a hotel. God's just preparing us for to a better place. God's preparing us. To, he's bringing us to a better place. Amen. Come on. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. God is in small beginnings. He's working through small beginnings. And he's maturing us during this process. This is fun. It's fun going through what we're going through right now because God is good. He is good. He's not just good once you get to a place. He's good before you get there, as you're getting to the place. He is good all the time. What season are you in? Is he good in that season? The power of agreement. The power of agreement. So we all just need to agree on certain things. We just need to agree that God is good. He told me, he says, I, don't, I want you to preach this message. I want you to preach this message and remind people of who I am. So we all just need to get on an agreement because the church is so divided. Amen. Why are they so divided? Because it's hard for us to agree on certain things. We worry so much on religion and the rules and all that stuff. No, God's saying that, am I God or what? What are you fussing over? Can you imagine if the church just come together, the church as a whole, the church, the communities will change. The government will change. The power of agreement, which, why are we so divided? As if, as if God separated us. When he looks down at the church, he looks at the church as a whole. He looks at the church as a whole. See, what's more important to God is the people. The people are the church. 
So we, we get so focused on rules and, and programs and all this stuff. And people are walking in the church hurt. People walking out of the church hurt. He said, what about the people? What are you focusing on? What about the people? The power of agreement. The power of agreement. See, we are better together. My Bible says that one can chase a thousand, but two, in agreement, can chase 10,000. So I'm okay in math. So when I, when, when I do the math, what that means to me, that God will expedite your growth when we're all together. God will expedite blessings when we're all together. That's what that kind of means to me when I start adding stuff up, right? That means that we can do more when we are together. We can do more when we are in agreement, amen, the, uh, for God's will, right? We, are, we can do more when we're operating in faith. We can do more when we obey God's uh, ways, his word. Like we literally, how about this? If we literally do what the word of God says, what will happen if we actually open up the Bible and says this is what the Word of God says and we actually walk in it? Can you imagine what will happen? I'm not saying that we're not. But we're not. <laughs> right? Enough of it, right? We need to walk in God's ways. Amen? Powerful things will happen. Amen? So this this proves my point right here about the power of agreement, right? In, in the book of Joshua, uh, uh, God was telling them to, to walk around the walls of Jericho. And so uh, God told Joshua, he says, okay, when, you know, when the walls are knocked down or whatever, that's, this city is mine. Don't take anything. Don't, don't worry about it. You're going to move on. See, they were on their way to the promised land. So God told, told Joshua to kind of walk around the wall um, um, seven times, um, the, the sixth, the uh, seventh day, walking around that, the wall seven, seven days. So, when, so, so they did that, right? And so the, when, when they did that, the whole structure fell down. I mean, everything fell down. It was the power of agreement. Can you imagine the conversations they were having when they were walking around the wall? See, they had one purpose. They have one purpose. They follow the instructions of God. So they all agree if we walked around for seven days and seven times on the seventh day, this wall will fall. Because of that agreement, the power of God was upon them, and then the whole structure fell. Can you imagine if we all agree, you come to church and you have some walls, Walls of things that's stopping you from getting to where God's calling you to be. If we all walk around your wall and agree that this wall is going to fall, you will not be devoured by the enemy. You will not be defeated by the enemy. Can you imagine those walls will fall down? What walls do you have? And you're asking God to knock them down. I need to get to the other side or bring someone with you. Call someone. Right? Call someone, call a group of people and say, can you get an agreement with me that God's going to knock down these walls? Because he says he has something greater for me. 
Amen. Oh, so I'm really excited. Now you need to catch up. This God is good. He's about to do some amazing things in your life. But I don't know if you're ready for what the Lord's going to do in your life. Are you ready for the Lord's going to? We need to be in agreement. We need to be. I need somebody to just give a shout or something that God is good. He is. He is. He's going to knock down some walls of power in agreement. If you all could realize if we, if we can be in the same mind, oneness, the power of oneness. Well, God will be present. That's his promise. He says, if we of two or three are gathered in my name, in my name, meaning that you understand the promises of God, meaning that you know who Jesus is and you know who your father is, meaning that you understand the power that God has. So he says, when two or three are gathered in my name, Right? I will be there. I will be in the midst. I will be present. Where, where God is present, there is freedom. Where God is present, there's healing. Where God's present, there's breakthrough. Where God's, where God's present, right, there's chains of being broken. Oh, I, don't know if they're, I don't know if they're ready, Pastor Steve. I, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they're with me right now. See, faith people, faith, see, faith people don't expect to be defeated, but, but, but fear people expect to be defeated. See, faith people don't expect to be defeated, but fear people expect to be defeated, right? So that's not a good marriage. That's kind of unequally yoked. It don't really go together, right? You can't, you can't be in a season of, of faith and, and operating and sitting in the seat of fear. It's unequally yoked. It's like you can't be a strong believer and date a crackhead. It don't go together. Two different purposes, right? Two different purposes. Okay, where are you going today, honey? Oh, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm see God's going to move. Where are you going today? Well, I'm going to the corner to get. Just a, it's just too unequally yoked. It just don't, it don't go together. God can't break yokes, right, if you're divided. Right? It's the power of, a, of agreement. It's the power of agreement. Right? And so we can't be unequally yoked. Like, so dating the world and serving the kingdom of God don't go together. That's double-minded. It just doesn't go. It can't break any yokes in your life. Right? If you are serving both, you get exhausted. Right? Because you're being torn from both places. It's like you, it's hard just being a Christian on a Sunday and living, living in the world during the week. That's kind of confusing. I would be confused. Because I would walk in on Sunday hearing all these testimonies of other, what God is doing in their lives and stuff like that. I would be like, well, what about me? What about me? If all you know is the world, then give the world to God. God, take all of me. This all I know is the world. Teach me about you. Show me you. If all you know is the world, just give them the world. The power of agreement. The power of agreement. That's why you have to be careful who you hang around with. Do they agree to where you're going? Right? Or where they're going is influencing you. Do they actually agree? where you're going? Do they support where you're going? Stop 
hanging around people that doesn't agree who God called you to be. You have to have like-minded people in your life. Like, you have to have selfish, I mean, unselfish people. Like, when you are friends, you have to be, you both have to be unselfish. Right? Or you're supporting one another where you're going. You're, you're encouraging one another where you're, where you're going. Like, God's doing amazing things in your life. I love it. I get so excited when I see the Lord, what the Lord is doing in your life. I want to be a part of that. That's exciting. What can I do? What, what can I do? I know I can pray, but it's something about when you are in agreement with someone and say, yeah, man, God's going to do it. He's going to do it. Oh, look at all the doors that God is opening up right now. That is so great. Come on, we can do it. What can I do? I'm going to support you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to walk alongside of you. Amen. I'm going to just preach. I'm going to say, yes, God is doing it. He's doing it. He's doing something about when people are in your corner. They agree what God is doing in your life. They agree what God is doing in your life. They agree what God is doing in your life. With our relationship with God, we must agree on some things. God's been teaching me this. We must agree on some things, right? If you never agree that you are set free, you will always be a victim. You will always be a victim. That's what the Lord's been telling me about. Why are you still acting fearful when I set you free? We have to get to a place we agree with the things of God. Because if we never agree with those things, we will always live in darkness. We have to agree with the light. <laughs> we, have to, we have to agree on the things of God. Right? So you have to get to a point where you say, God, I, I agree, this is, this, is, this is who I am. I, I, I trust you with my life because I, I, I agree with your ways. Amen? So we, we, we tend to hold back things from God. He is God. He created the world. Like, not some of the world. And everyone that lives in it. With all that power, and we can't trust him with our problems. Like, we can't trust him with everything. I don't know. I get to a point in my life. I'm at a point in my life. I'm saying I'm no longer holding back. I'm no longer holding back anything. Anything. I'm no longer holding back. So I don't want to live in bondage or, or fear again. Amen? See, we tend to wait. We think that it's the right time when, when God, it should, it's supposed to be a right time when God blesses us or whatever. God don't go by that. God is the right time. God is the right time. He knows exactly what, what you need and when you need it. Amen. So the Israelites were at the, at the Red Sea running from their, their enemies. God had promised them. He told them, this is an agreement that you are my chosen people, that you are set free. Right? So, so they were at the, at the Red Sea. Can you imagine some of their thoughts? 
right? Am I really? God said that we are set free. Why are we here? The enemies are catching up to us. They're about to devour us. They're about to devour us, right? So do you imagine some of the complaints or the worry or the doubts that, that people have, right? That all of a sudden the Lord showed up the time that he needed to show up and parted the Red Sea. I told you you were set free. There's always the way. Do you know when we are in agreement, the impossible can happen? The impossible. Some people in their life right now, the season that you're in right now, you need to see to be parted. God's saying that you're in the right time, the right place, in the right moment, because you're going to watch me do that thing. You're going to watch me do that thing. The power of agreement. The power of agreement. Can you guys agree with me on something? If you agree, can you just say agree? That this church will be the head and not the tail. That this church will be a lender, not a borrower. That, that you will see healing take place in this church. That this church will birth entrepreneurs. Um, marriages will be restored. The loss will be found. Come on, people will die, die here, die with their flesh, and really pick up the things of God, and they will really live a, a life a godly way. Do you agree? agree? The power of agreement is going to happen in this church. It's going to happen in this church. But let me tell you something. The enemy is after your agreement. He is after your yes. After your agreement, right? So when Adam and Eve, God had told them about this tree, he said, do not touch, touch this tree. So they were all in agreement. And then the enemy came and, 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 and just, just caused chaos, chaos in, in their lives, right? He, he lied to them. He spread lies. So the enemy was after the agreement. So Adam and Eve broke their agreement with God. Don't break your agreement with God. Don't break your agreement with God. We have to be careful of what the, of the enemy's plan in our lives. So that's why the enemy is trying to, the enemy is after marriages, because he's trying to get you to break your vow. He's trying to get you to break your promise. He's trying to get you to break your agreement. Right? So we wonder why when I sit with couples, the, the first thing they say, this, we just seem, we, we seem like we just can't get along. We seem like we just can't agree. That's why the enemy's stealing your agreement of what marriage is supposed to be like. Marriage is supposed to be like honoring, right? In a marriage, you're supposed to be a servant to your spouse, right? There's a lot of humility and sacrifice, right? But it's a lot of oneness in your marriage. Oneness. That's what marriage is all about. It's that threefold cord that should not be easily broken. Not with God at the center of your relationship. People tell me all the time, well, God's at the center of my relationship. But the decisions that you're making, it doesn't seem that way. Right? God must truly be at the center of, of your relationship. That means that the three of you are in agreement that my marriage is sacred. Like certain decisions, I'm not going to make certain decisions that would mess up this agreement. 
Right? Are you with me? See, we, so the enemy knows if you get in agreement with your spouse and you know that you are knitted together for a purpose, you will do damage for the kingdom of hell. That means that you will be able to impart something in other couples. Like I love when I meet couples, they say they have a marriage ministry. That they, that they know, it's that agreement that they know that, that God's about marriage and God will repair and restore marriages. So that the fact that they say that I, I, we, I have a marriage ministry, I love pouring into couples. I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes, because God values marriage. The enemy wants to devalue marriage. So we have to be careful. See, the enemy knows that there is nothing impossible when people work together. That's why I love this church. I love this church. It's because when, before we got here, God sent us on a little journey. I remember a little journey when we were at 801 Main Street and and um, so we just didn't get along with the city of Keller. We, were, we weren't in agreement. <laughs> they didn't agree with what the Lord is doing in our church. Amen. I didn't agree with their ways, right? So we had to sep- separate, right? So God sent us on a little journey from place to place to place. But it's amazing how the church responded, right? They responded. They responded in a way that's like, okay, so where are we going? Okay, this is exciting. Oh, we going to this place this week? Or we going to that place? And people picked up things and, and, and um, committed themselves to, to serving and to, to, um, to, to see God move, right? It didn't matter where we were because the church is not, the, the building is not the church. The church, the, the people are the church. So it's, ama- it's amazing what the power of agreement will do Right? So and then as we did that, like so many other families started to come. People saw that because of your commitment and because of your, our agreement, families, families started to come to the church. And we started to see growth. It was amazing things. I love this church. I love this church. It's the power of agreement. The power of agreement. See, there are three, three ways that the enemy gets you to disagree. So when you, when you take, when we take our focus off of God and focus on ourselves, that's a way that God, uh, the enemy gets us to disagree. See, we become self-absorbed. That's when we grumble and we complain about iniquities. We focus more on our own work than God's. We, we gossip about others. I'm a firm believer in this, and I know we all agree to this. Church is supposed to be a safe and healthy place. But when you gossip or when you complain, it makes the church feel unsafe. Like people rather be somewhere else. They believe in Christ, but they just feel so unsafe when they come to church. Right? Because we're not, we're not good stewards of, of uh, people's uh, uh, journey or, or struggle. Right? So people come into the, to the church with such traumatic things that happen in their lives. We need to steward that. We need to nurture that. We need to let them know um, who they are. 
Because going through certain things in, in, in life may steal your identity. So we, we want to come, them to come to church so we give them the identity back. So we have to be careful what, what we say to people. People are vulnerable when they, when they come into church. Be careful of your words. Like, what are you getting when you gossip about someone else? What does that say about what's going on in here? When you want to just tear people down instead of lifting them up. Are you still that victim? Because victims will always complain about someone else. Right? Because they want someone else to agree with them. To agree with them. The only people that you get to agree with you are people with itchy ears. That's looking for gossip. Looking to complain. Oh yeah, they come to church too. Be careful. Enemy sends them. But we want to love them as well. We want to love them as, as well. So we just have to be Church should be a safe place. A safe and healthy place. A place where, where, we're, where we're pouring into others. Like we love to pour into people. To be better. To walk in God's ways. To be the person that God's called, called you to be. And the second thing, we have to be careful with comparison. Right? It's when we ignore God's grace and be preoccupied with the status of others. And then the next and final thing is we have to be careful that we, we don't have the uh, presumption of, of things. That's when uh, we assume too much when we get, get it uh, when it comes to reward. So it's just like we feel like God owes us, owes us something. Right? When we focus on our own needs, right, then what, what happens is God becomes the means and not the end. Right? Because it's, so it's, it's, it's like, so we wake up in the morning and, 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 and say, okay, God, um, okay, I, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. And sometimes that's okay. But if that's an everyday occurrence, or are we missing so much? How about sometime wake up in, in, in the day and say, okay, God, what would you have me do? How can, I, how can I serve you? See, always asking for, for, for God for things is it's, it's, it's coming from a place where you feel like God owes you something. Because that's why people serve so, so, they can, so they can expect a reward from God. So it gets frustrated sometimes. It's like, God, I can't believe that I have not been rewarded. I mean, all the times I tithe, all the times that I serve, right? I did the right thing, and I, I, I get nothing. Like, I get nothing. The reward of serving God is serving God. Like you get to serve God. Like you get to serve God. That's just so exciting to me. Like God in heaven, who knows all things, the king of this universe, like he, he speaks to me and he says, son, I want you to do this today. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Like, I get to serve God. There's no better reward than that. How can you do better than that? Like, I get to speak. I get to preach. Like, I get to preach. It's so amazing. 
to serve God. The reward of serving God is serving God. He's amazing. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. So I want to leave you with this. The power of agreement. I remember, and I know you will agree with me on this, we both. Remember a time where I was very discouraged. See, church planting is not an easy thing. At times, it can be depressing, especially at the early stages of it, like when no one shows up to church. And like you put all this work in it, right? All this work setting up the thoughts that you have throughout the week, all the preparation. I always felt like we should have been rewarded for that. I went through a period. It's like, God, this is depressing. I just want to be honest with you. It was, it was tough. It was tough for me. I remember led me to this scripture. John 15. It's, it says, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. So I said, okay, Lord. So I started looking up the word remain and it's the word remain in Greek there were some other words that the Lord had shown me about the word remain. It says abide, continue, dwell, be present, and stand. He says, I need you to get in agreement with me. We need to do this whole agreement thing over. He says, I need you to abide. Stay close to me. So you have to be in a position in order for me to bless you. He says, continue. Continue the faith. Continue the race. Don't stop. Don't quit. Can we agree that you will continue to fight? I am not just the means. I am the end. He says to continue. And then he says to dwell. He says, wait in my presence. Wait in my presence. He says, because I'm about to respond. I'm about to respond. You see, he says to me, I'll never forget. He says, I am with my weight of my glory. I am going to crush that what was crushing you. He says his weight is settling in my heart. His weight is settling on my situation. That I will see his glory. 
Then he says to be present. Be present. He says, I'm in the small beginning. I'm in the small beginning. But I, he says, I want you to praise me as if you know what's in front of you. It's better than what's behind you. Then praise me. You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere, and it's better than what was behind you. You must know that. And then he says to stand. Stand on my righteousness. Stand on your salvation. The rock of your salvation. He says to stand. Stand in faith. Stand up, son. Stand up with confidence. Stand up and look up and know that I'm God. So God reminded me of this. And he says to tell the church, to tell the church that we all need to agree together that we will abide. That we will continue. That we will dwell, wait on the Lord. That we will be present. He's in the small things. And we will stand up as children of God. Stand in faith during trials. Stand up, be the people that we're called to be. Stand up and be that light that shines in darkness. God's saying that I'm giving you treasures in darkness. I'm giving you treasures in darkness. Isaiah says that God says, I'm giving you treasures in darkness. That's our mission. It's to be in agreement and walk in God's way. Stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.